You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hello and welcome to episode 13 of Cow Corner. Um, unlucky for some, lucky for us though, is we've got um, a great episode lined up for you today. Um, I'm joined as always by Zach, mate. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm really good. Thank you very much. Yeah. And joining us again, our London correspondent, um, IPL expert. We'll come to that later. Um, Will, how are you doing, mate? I'm very good, yeah. Thank you for having me back. Definitely not uh, an expert, as we'll uh, come back to with the uh, with the Sunrisers topic, but there we are. We'll, we'll, we'll hammer home hard on that, mate. Um, you know, an expert in in inverted commas. Let's see. Um, a bit of news to start, though, before we move into the IPL on a very exciting week. Uh, breaking news today, the day of recording, what we on Wednesday, 21st of October, England will be going to South Africa for a white ball tour, which is quite exciting. Uh, three, three T20s starting um, on November the 27th, and then three ODIs starting on December the 4th. Um, so more cricket, obviously, for us to talk about later in the year. Um, Zach, do you want to talk about that tour? What excites you about that? And then also mention a potential tour of Pakistan, which would be historic. Yeah, I, I think that tour is really exciting. I was worried that there was going to just be a big void left after the IPL and we were going to have nothing till January. So it's nice to have something to fill the void left by the postponed T20 World Cup. So it'd be nice to have, it'd be nice to play South Africa and South Africa, are a fun side to play. We've seen some of their bowlers doing really well in the IPL. So it'll be interesting to see how well we do against them. Uh, yeah, but this Pakistan series be the first time we've toured Pakistan in, a, oh, I think, over 15 years. And I think it would be, I think the idea is for, again, three T20s and three ODIs, but it's not been, it's not been confirmed yet. But the CEO of the PCB is very confident that it will happen. And I think it'll be really, it'll just be really good for world cricket. Yeah, that's it. I think getting uh, more teams over there on Pakistani soil is going to be very exciting. I've I've only started watching cricket in like 2009. I think it was that Ashes tour, uh, that that home Ashes series. So I've never seen a tour inside play out there. So that would be great, especially see England. Um, a bit of other news: some BBL signings are, are coming through now. That will be happening uh, over our winter and um, the summer in Australia. David Milan's picked up a signing. I still can't believe he's on the IPL. He's going to Hobart Hurricanes. And is Tom Banton going to Hobart as well? No, he's going to uh, he's going to Brisbane Heat. He played there last year and he signed a contract ah. for like another four years or something. Yeah, that, that was it. Brisbane Heat. So um, two England players already signed there. Always seems to be a couple of extra county players that, that get over um, into Australia. I don't really know what that is, but um, excited to see Milan over there and see what he can do. And then finally, before we come on to um, this week's IPL summary, uh, the county championship has got a um, a revamp, a new lick of paint, let's say, and a, a really confusing, for me anyway, um, Zach had to try and explain this to me over Facebook Messenger, how the new system works. We'll have a special episode on this, um, you know, later in the winter when, when the crickets died down, so I'd have a look at it. Zach, do you want 30 seconds <laughs> to see what you can do? Maybe a minute? on how it's been restructured and what they've actually done to make it a bit different. So, like this year, we will have three groups. Three groups of six. They're not the same groups. They're also not some groups that were leaked that were going to be <laughs> some seeding from last year's finishes. 
it's an amalgamation of all of it. So in there's one group, which is the group Somerset are in. They've got some derbies in there. I think they've tried to squeeze in some local derbies. There will be a Roses clash in one group. But so in Somerset's group, we've got Gloucestershire. We're also in the same group as Middlesex and Surrey. So it's a bit of a London derby. But it seems a bit weird. So it's basically the idea is you play each of the teams home and away in your group of six. So that, that's 10 games. And then afterwards, you move into another group and play the teams that have finished in similar positions to you in the other group. So say Somerset finished first in their group, which of course they will. They will. Have uh, yeah, or, or second, more likely. <laughs> uh, then, then they would move into Division 1, and they would play the teams that have finished first and second in the other two groups. And if they finish first in then Division 1, they would then win the county championship and then would go to the Bob Willis final with second place. And I can see you both looking confused. Dan's laughing. <laughs> no, I think we should have a round of applause for that. That was yeah, a valiant attempt. That is as good as it will get, I think, from anyone outside or inside the ECB trying to explain that. Listen, we'll have a special episode on that later in the winter. Will, you look really confused in that. So you can listen to that and maybe it'll open it up to you. I don't know. I look um, generally it's been received pretty well i think um people like the freshen up and the lord's final so let's hope for the best but a busy week in cricket let's move on to the ipl um we'll go same as we did last week we'll go through the table top to bottom um and just see how they got on this week let's start then with the team still leading as they were last week uh the delhi capitals now uh since we last spoke they have won two games lost one Lost to the mighty Kings Eleven, the resurgent Kings Eleven, which we'll come on to, and they beat Rajasthan and CSK. Um, the first thing I want to mention about Delhi, um, I'll come to you on this, Will, is I'd forgotten how good Shikhar Darwan was. Um, back-to-back IPL hundreds. How good is he? How good was he for those two innings? Did you see them? I, I did, and I have I, I have mixed feelings about about Shikhar, partly because I, I've never quite believed that he should be opening for India. Um, which he has done for, for quite a few years now um, mm-hmm. with, with mixed success. Um, but he is clearly a very, very good IPL player. Um, and the concern for um, for Delhi at this point, we talked a lot about how important strength and depth is at the top of the table. And Delhi will now be getting concerned that he, they put a lot of pressure on him since Richard Pant's in, uh, injury. Shreyas had a little injury this week as well. So, mm-hmm. They, I mean, they've done very well. He's played batter brilliantly to, to win them those games, but they'll be concerned about the reliance on him. Um, the other thing worth saying on Delhi is that while they do still top the table, and as you say, they, they won two games this week, um, they did beat Chennai and Rajasthan, which isn't the hardest <laughs> thing in the world, and then lost to Kings Eleven, which is a game they sh- they you'd have thought should have won. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the captains actually had had some fairly scathing words about the team, saying this needs to be a wake-up call for them this week because they, they do need to get on and, and refocus um, and it'll be important to get Shreyas back to form post-injury and get Richard back into the team um, for them to be firing again. Yeah that's a great point on um, Pant coming back that's really exciting um, and on Darwan he his 106 was out of 167 of the team um, let's say he got out for 10 what sort of innings are we looking at there um, not taking anything away from his knocks by the way uh, hadn't had an IPL 100 for 150 innings, something like that, and then goes and gets two and two. Obviously, that's how it is. Both at a cracking strike rate as, uh, strike rate as well of sort of 170, 180. Um, Rabada still going well for them. He holds the purple cap at the minute by quite a way. Um, Zach, I want to come to you on this little bit that happened between Delhi and Rajasthan. And is that over between Einrich uh, Norkia and Joss Butler, where he was bowling sort of 150 kph and butler was lapping him and then he bowled him i thought that was a great one of the great overs um of ipl cricket yeah it was a really nice little contest i mean we've spoken about nokia being one of the kind of rising stars and one of the like breakout players of this ipl and he's been really good but they've actually they rested him the last couple games and they played daniel sams who i who is that by the way who is that and who where's he from is he south african he's an overseas He's Australian and he has he's played five first class games in his career. <laughs> so he's twenty seven. He's twenty seven. He's played thirty eight T twenties. It's I don't understand how he's got in 
to the team. And also, his action makes him look like he should be bowling as fast as Nokia, mm-hmm. but is actually only bowling at 135, 140. Which I don't know. It really disappointed me, and he didn't he didn't look anything special. So I thought it was a bit of a weird one. I know that teams teams like Delhi and Mumbai have been doing it as well. They're trying to try out their other options in case in case Nokia or Rabada gets injured at, like in the playoffs, and then they need this. They need like Daniel Sams or another player. They need to give them a few overs because they can't just come in cold after not playing for nine months. Do you think that's what they're, we're seeing now? Is teams kind of we're in the the second half now of the season, sort of two thirds away through, are they a resting players just to rest them, such as Nokia, who at that pace would need a break, or are they just feeling out for their best eleven? Still, is a team like Delhi actually feeling out for their best eleven, or have they found it and are they just rotating? I think I think Delhi is still feeling out a little bit for their best eleven. They've been because they've been we spoke about this last week. They've been missing that kind of extra pace bowler, and it's meant they've had to rely on Stoinis for a few too many overs. Mm-hmm. And now they've been play they played they played Sams and they also played the extra Indian pace bowler who got hit for a few yesterday. So didn't go so well. But they've kind of been trying to find a bit more of a balance, which is surprising considering how successful they've been. <laughs> Sorry, you used the word balance and I giggled. It's uh, it's the theme for these shows. But you're right and um, I think having Axar Patel is their kind of um, their linchpin. He is the most economical spin bowler alongside uh, RCB's Washington Sundar, and he's been fantastic. Um, Will, do you think Delhi have found their best eleven already, um, or would you like to see a couple more changes, or are they there and they're just resting a few? Well, like you said, they, they're clearly still messing about a bit, particularly in terms of which international players to take. Mm. Um, Stoinis in particular has come in and out of the team this week. Um, so they're probably still fiddling with it a little bit, but I think crucially they know their spine. They know their most important one or two bowlers. They know their most important top order batsmen, and they know their middle order. So they're in a pretty good place. Um, quickly before we move on, uh, Pivti Shaw, he's looking really out of nick. He started so well. Um, it, would you drop him for a few? Get they're talking on comments about getting away from the game for a bit, and he's just his head. He's in his own head a little bit. Um, you know, is it maybe good to get him away for a couple of games? You probably already got top four, and then bring him back for the playoffs in a bit, bit better, Nick. Personally, I, I'm not sure that rest would do anyone that much good. I think this this kind of thing happens in in T20 cricket. You know, you can get out playing what are pretty good shots, um, and he, I think he's much better off trying to play his way into form for the last couple of games, knowing that there's not that much pressure on winning them because they'll probably, I mean, they will come in the top four and they'll probably come top two um so i think they're probably better off letting him play his way back in yeah i, I completely agree because i think he's kind of almost swapped places with shikha dawan because he was in good form at the start and dawan really wasn't and dawan's kind of played himself into form and pretty sure has gone out and it it kind of does show that you do really only need i know they lost yesterday but you do really only need one of your opening batsmen to to be going really well so i i completely agree with will i think he just needs to play and understand that there's not that much pressure because there shouldn't be that much pressure when Shikadawan's hitting hundreds every game like so and the fact that they don't need to win these games obviously momentum is so key but if they lose these games they will still qualify and if they can dovetail at the right time together even better but I think you've both made a good point there that as long as one's firing they've got a great spine of a team um so still top of the table one two lost one since we last spoke um looking pretty solid now we have a new team in second place and that is as of you know about an hour or so ago um RCB who since we last spoke one two lost one again losing to Kings 11 uh, but beating uh Rajasthan Royals Wills team and KKR Zach's team today um, can I come on to today's game first? Um, bowling out cake. Well, so it's a slip of the tongue. They didn't bowl them out it, some, somehow, um, but they only got 84. 84 for eight, the lowest ever score in the IPL um, in its 13-year history for a team that hasn't been bowled out before. So they batted their allotment of 20. <laughs> 84 for eight. Um, they were three for three at one point. Um, Sorry, I'm supposed to talk about RCB. I was about to ask Zach a question about KKR. We'll, we'll go on to that. Um, for me, their bowling attack looks the strongest in the league at the minute. Would anyone agree? I think it's interesting because I've slated their bowling attack throughout. <laughs> and their, bo- their bowling attack is is kind of famously bad. Like Their bowling attack is usually 
what everyone says every year lets them down because they've got Aby de Villiers and Virat Kohli, so they, they should be making the playoffs, you know, two of the best batsmen in the world. But actually, they seem to, they seem to have... Chris Morris seems to be the... The key changer there, because he's yep. he's he's been he's actually taken quite a few wickets. He's been economical and he's useful with the bat. Dare I say the balance word and how key <laughs> is to that? Also, Mohammed Siraj today. Wow, what wow. an opening spell! Wow, it was unplayable. It was brilliant to see. Lovely it's the most swing. That's the most swing we've seen in the IPL so far. Um, and it, it was great to watch. One that went through bat and pad and hit the top of off of a left hander you know, fakes to go across and comes in as a lovely kind of delivery. Uh, Morris took four for 22. Um, I think that was against Rajasthan. Yeah, it would have been. Um, so, like you said, bringing great balance to the team. And then Washington Sundar, his economy, as I mentioned a minute ago, is second only to Patel or maybe they're the same. Either way, he looks fantastic. For me, he's the best young player, you know, that emerging player they keep talking about on the comms. I think he could be in there to win that. Will, yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. If, if But if we're talking emerging players from RCB, you, you've got to look at Padakal. I know yep. he wasn't completely needed to do anything today because RCB could just walk a win, um, needing 80-odd runs. Uh, but he's definitely one of the most impressive up-and-comers. Again, I, I just echo Zach's point. The, the bowling today was just unbelievable to watch. I mean, Mohamed Siraj took three wickets before he conceded a run, which is just <laughs> like unbelievable and mind-bending um, and Siley as well putting in some some great deliveries um, which is I mean Coley will be absolutely thrilled with that bowling performance because as you said it's it's what's let them down in the past and particularly the pace bowling department they've had you've always had Jahal taking wickets with spin um, but always, never quite had that top quality pace bowler so if, if those two or three plus Morris can can take that form into the playoffs they'll be feeling very confident yeah, definitely. And I think Chahal today, obviously, they were struggling and he could really chuck it up. He got the ball spinning. Um, Sundar's got almost like a leg spinner or one that goes straight on, or at least uh, Pat Cummins, who isn't a batsman, I know, looked absolutely baffled by him today. The commentator said he almost, he makes you think it will spin just by his action, which I thought was a really nice way to put it. Um, and he can bat as well. I'm, I'm kind of, I, I really like Washington, I've got to say. I've got mentioned him twice now. Um Zach, anything more on RCB? Obviously, their batting lineup didn't have to do much today, but there's strength there, you know, if we move to the other half of the team. Yeah, I really thought today I was thinking, because they didn't need much, I was like, this could be the game Aaron Finch gets himself into form. If Aaron Finch could have got a knot out, even yeah. if it had been, you know, because he, he could have, he could have striked to 80 and they still got there comfortably. So I thought if he could get 40 not out, off of about 50 balls, that could really be important for him. And he, he got out to Lockie Ferguson, who we'll come on to. Mm. Uh, <laughs> but I, I'm, I mean, I'm worried for Aaron Finch, but he seems to, I don't know. I just don't, under, I don't understand Aaron Finch because sometimes, I, I suppose it's almost like David Warner at points as well. He can look so out of form and just look like he's not a batsman who's ever going to be that good, but then is really, really good and is, like one of the best openers in world cricket in, in T20. He's the kind of guy that gets like 35 off 29 or 30. And you're like, okay, all right, but that's not going to take the game away from a team. Um, yeah, I agree. He can just look horribly out of form. Um, and on the flip side of that, Coley is kind of starting to, well, I think we spoke last Monday and he was starting his sort of um, ascendancy, if you will, if, if he even needs that. But I feel like if one of him or Cody goes as the sort of anchor, and then we saw De Villiers, I think, again, put Rajasthan to bed the other day pretty significantly. I think that was on Saturday. Um, you've got the, the makings of a great team there. Are they, for you, Will, a guaranteed top four now? Because I think when we spoke last week, they were just sort of creeping up there. And now they've moved themselves into second. Yeah, it definitely looks that way. Um, the big question for them now would be, can they get themselves into that into that top one and try mm. to get off to the one seed um, to give themselves an easier time in the playoffs? Um, but they definitely look nailed on for top four. Which, of course, means we'll come back in a week and they'll have finished it. <laughs> yeah, because I'm sure at some point we, we, we wrote RCB off, um, knowing us on the Carol Corner podcast, our predictions this year. OK. Um, about, no, not when we talk about teams who don't quite know their best lineup. Like, that yeah. might concern RCB a little bit. Um, because they, I mean, they weirdly played Gokira 
at three today, possibly because yeah. didn't really care. Um, <laughs> I, but also, I think partly because they're they're trying to test out if they can play anybody else higher up the order, and then have either De Villiers or, or possibly even Finch coming in later on because they know that that Finch has been somewhat out of form and De Villiers struggling with injury. So they'll be a little bit concerned about that. And as well as Saranj bowled today, he was brought in because it looked like a swinging uh, a swinging or a nipping pitch. So he's not the kind of bowler I think you want on a flat deck at, at Sharjah. So as well as he bowled, he could come out. And yeah, there's not a strong 11 there or a spine, as you spoke about, as with Delhi, perhaps. So it'll be interesting to see where they where they move on next week. Um, let's move on to third place. Um, we're in second last week. Mumbai Indians, they've only played two games. Won one, lost one. Uh, beat KKR. Um, this is going to be a bit repetitive for you, Zach. Sorry, mate. Um, and lost to Kings Eleven. Um, so Kings Eleven beating the top three. Uh, we'll come on to them in a minute. Um, let's firstly talk about that crazy su- double super over match. It was crazy. Kings Eleven should have won that ages before, um, but they didn't. And can I start with Kieran Pollard again? 34 off 12 balls. He- is he their most important? This was a question that was brought up on comms. I'll come to you, Zach, first. Is he their most important pinch hitter, death overs hitter versus the Pandyas? I think he's, I think he's almost, I think of a pinch hitter, I think he's the most consistent. So yeah, I would say he's the most important because you can always kind of, you can always, and you've always been able to rely on Pollard to hit more runs than you think's possible in the last there was one there was one cpl game i was watching earlier this year where they needed something they trin bago night riders who he plays for in in the cpl they needed something silly like 100 off the last six and pollard got there of course he did and he hit about he hit about 75 of them as well and i think you can just rely on him almost no matter what and mumbai indians have done that for, for quite a long time now they've relied on him a bit but they've got I think, like we've said before, it's so important to have the other players who can also do that so they don't just have the one player, which is something that we'll come on to with KKR, having only Andre Russell and the fact he's not in good form is really causing them problems. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I think that's a really good point. Um, let's. Well, they brought in Nathan Coulton-Nile for a couple of games um, for James Pattinson. Not sure about that myself. Again, might be a rest more than a feeling for their best eleven. Um, Decott looks fantastic though um, 78 or 44 against KKR I think another 50 against Kings 11 in the losing effort um, for me he's their most important overseas player um, Will what do, you, what do you think about that and then you know Trent Bolt's still looking pretty good as well though for, for his money yeah I would agree with that I mean I think probably you'd say Pollard is still the most important overseas player if, if you had to if you had to pick one but it's definitely good for them that he's played his way into the form at the same time as as Rohit Sharma has sort of not quite hit the heights that he would have expected um I have to be honest that I, I let myself down and missed the best game of the season on <laughs> did you know why I picked that day to have a day <laughs> off from the IPL <laughs> Because, you know, there's um, some quiet games on like a Thursday at three o'clock, but a Sunday night, I, you know, what, what else? <laughs> you know, it, was, it was prime time for it. Um, in that, can we talk about Bumrah's bowling in the first Super Over, limiting them to I can't, maybe five or six? It was outrageously good stuff. Uh, five, it was. Um, I like the way they used him as well. He can sort of come on in the 13th or 14th and just sort of slow them down a bit before the rush or maybe even go and get a wicket. Um, he looks as difficult to play as, as anybody, in my opinion. Yeah, I completely agree. I'm, I'm a sucker for a weird action and he's, <laughs> he's, he's the best of the weird action, you know, crew. So I, I love watching Bumrah bowl because it just, it looks, it, it just doesn't look, it doesn't look natural and it doesn't look like anyone should, their body should be able to do that and bowl that fast and that well. So it's brilliant. And I think it, it kind of helps him mask what he's doing as well. I think, are you, uh, I wouldn't want to face Bumrah, like you said, because you don't know darting in at your feet or darting at your head. Uh, no, thanks. And there's no like the way he runs up. There's no I haven't batted for a long time, but you sort of get the rhythm of a bowler as they come in at a normal pace as you jog or run. He sort of skips and hops and he's quick and slower. I wouldn't know when to use my trigger move or anything. So, you know, that's a whole other argument there. Um, they sh- they should have really beaten Kings Eleven, and they should be, you know, now second, if not first. Because they beat Delhi last Sunday, which was huge, which is all the top two clash. So they've looked really solid there. Um, 
again, we'll ask this question for every team. Will do they know their best eleven? Are they are they pretty set? I think they've used the least amount of players out of each franchise. Yeah, I think again, similar to Delhi, they they certainly know their spine and they pretty much know the the eleven. As you said, there's a, there's a few little changes mm. um, here and there, but but not really around any of the most significant players for them. Um, it's it's a slightly weird season for Mumbai because they almost feel like they're not that fussed about the regular season now because they sort of know they've done enough. They'll be in in the playoffs. They won it last year. They they've brought back basically the same team. So I feel like they've kind of switched the burners off really. Yeah, I get that. They sort of they should have really throttled Kings Eleven and won that Super Over if they were being ruthless enough, and they didn't. So yeah, maybe they've accepted top four already. I don't know something like that. But uh, are they going to be there at the end of the season, still top four? We all in agreement on that? Yeah, yeah. I think so. I think it'll be interesting to see how they come back because they um, because they'd won five in a row before that Kings before they lost that Super over and it was looking like well who who it was thinking after they beat Delhi it was like well who who's going to beat them and now they've lost to Kings eleven the resurgent Kings eleven that we'll come on to it'd just be really interesting to see how they come back from that because uh, Rohit Sharma was asked after one of the after they'd won the fourth in a row and it was like oh how are you like how are you still like encouraging the players, how are you still driving the players on? Like you say about them kind of looking like they're in just kind of second gear, beating everyone. And they kind of just said that there were a few players who still weren't in the best form, who were kind of hoping to be better. And now they've, I, I, yeah, like you say, I think they've they've found their best 11. Yeah, I think they'll definitely be there. Well, luckily they've got CSK on Friday. So that's a nice little win to get them back on, um, back in uh, a good mood uh, over in Mumbai. Okay, let's move on to the final team in the top four. Uh, KKR, um, fraudulent. I'm, I'm saying that, I'm using the effort on them. They're the most fraudulent team in this year's IPL. Um, since we last spoke, they won one, uh, beating Sunrisers in a daft super over. Uh, lost two today to RCB and to Mumbai, as we just mentioned. Um, Zach, these are your boys. Um, I'll just use the F word on them, you know, on a hot mic. I'm, I'm proud of that. I'm happy about that. I, I can't stand watching them play. Um, talk us through their week. And then obviously, you know, barring their shoddy performances, they've changed their captaincy. That was quite a big story, you know, about a week ago now. Kartik um, standing down for Morgan. Yeah, I, I really liked seeing Morgan take over as captain. That was really nice, but that's the only thing I've really liked out of watching KKR for. Yeah, feel free to go in now. We've had for a lot of the, for a lot of the tournament, really, because <laughs> also we thought Dinesh Kartik was the problem, but it actually turns out that well, the fact that none of their top order seem to be able to get out of get into double figures now, it was kind of Shubman Gill hitting a 120 strike rate was kind of saving their top order, and now he's stopped doing that. So yeah. they've had they've had two massive top order collapses in the last two games. So I mean, and, and they kind of dragged themselves against against Mumbai Indians. Not not the last two games, but in two of the three games this week against Mumbai Indians, they dragged themselves to a good an all right total to about 140 after being about 50 for five. And today, well, I mean, 87 in 20 overs, like. I mean, the the bowling was good, but it was it wasn't fun. It wasn't enjoyable. But one shining light. There is one shining light, and he's got a beautiful mustache, and that is Lockett <laughs> Ferguson. Last, I actually slated him a little bit in our first podcast because last season he wasn't great, and they were bowling him at the death, and he wasn't great. But he he's amazing. Like five wickets in a T20 game. Okay, two of them were in a super over, but still. And he in one over, he took double the amount of wickets that Pat Cummins has taken this entire IPL. Um, we'll come on to that the super over bowling in a bit, because let's talk more about Lockie Ferguson and how he was used really well against Sunrisers. And then how some people were saying today in the um, RCB game, he wasn't used quick enough when they obviously needed wickets. Um, is he a middle overs tie it up, maybe nab one or two here or there? Or is he the strike bowler that Cummins needs to be? Well, I, I think he is. The, that's the thing with why he's so good in that New Zealand ODI side, because he's ne- I think he's neither an opening bowler nor a death bowler. He's a middle overs bowler. So in, in T20, you don't really have bowlers who are neither. 
really. I mean, other like spinners, of course, but like pace bowlers, they usually bowl at the top and they bowl at the end. So I think they kind of need to, I think you just need to give him a go at the top, really. And also, he, they bowled him for the super over. So maybe he can bowl at the death now because that was amazing. Will, did you see that super over or did you miss that day as well? No. Oh my God, you missed the two great, the whole weekend was unbelievable. I don't know what I was doing. (laughs) Um, It was was the same day, it was the same day, it was the earlier game. Okay, fair enough, that was a crazy day of cricket, three super overs in one day, Um, bowled them out for for two in that super over, Um, Sunrisers should have won that, David Warner had the chance in regulation, if you will, to take them over the line, Um, and that was disappointing to see. Andre Russell's form, um, Will, what do you reckon to this? He, You wouldn't have seen this because you weren't watching the two best games of the year. But his 20th over in regulation, again, I'll use an American term there, um, was diabolical. I was texting you, Zach, saying like, he looks like he can't be bothered. I think he had a slight hamstring injury, um, but he just looked half-arsed. And like, he was just chucking these... Warner could pick wherever he wanted to go. It was making me very angry, as I am now. Um He's obviously very good, Will, but is there room to drop him in that team? Or is he too big a player to drop? Uh, he's certainly too big a player to drop. I think we spoke last week about him and highlighted that it's the amount of pressure on him because of the number of top order collapses that they've had means it's much harder to do then. Maybe he's just got fed up of that. I don't know. Um, I think it's interesting that you, you pulled out the fraud word for them, Dan. Um, yes. Which I, I'm not sure I'd call them a fraud because I, I don't know that any of us ever really believed in them. <laughs> a really huge amount at any point this season um I thought it was it, it was uh, the week started quite optimistically for them because they put themselves into the playoff spot somehow despite not playing particularly well <laughs> then made the captaincy change which in an ideal world makes Dinesh Kartik's batting better and lets Owen Morgan who's probably a better captain take over the tactical side of the game mm-hmm. um, and that clearly went well <laughs> so I don't know that they're, they're just sort of it's bizarre that they're still somehow they find themselves in fourth. So you have to say if they pick it up in certain ways and if they start getting top order batting, then they might still have a successful year. But there really doesn't look much to love in that lineup at all. I love that. Like to be a fraud, you have to have at least had the opportunity to look good and make people think you're good. Spot on. So they're not frauds. They've just been terrible. We'll um, come on to the fraud team in a bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure you've got uh, plenty of notes on them. But like you said, they do still sit in fourth. They're on 10 points. I am glad they lost those couple of games because it has brought the rest of the league back into contention for that final spot. If, if they'd won a couple of them, especially against Sunrisers, a bit of gap would have emerged between fourth and fifth. So, you know, they're still in it, Zach. You know, surely there's a lot to be happy about. I mean, at this point, I almost don't want them to get the final four because it would just make one that it would make... The the eliminator, the third versus fourth, boring because they'll just get battered in it, deservedly. And I like I'm almost not supporting my own team at the moment because I'm just, because I'm just not enjoying watching them. So I want to watch as little of them as possible, and that would mean them going out. Well, I think I'm on that. I'd like to see them go out. They've really wound me up. Um, quick note on Tom Banton. Um, he played. He's played two games now. He he played again today. Um, and before the game started, Zach, you said, you know, he's not opening. And we've mentioned Banton opening on other podcasts around his England career. And if he's not opening, he's going to make a Moe Nally-esque 8 off 12 or something like that. He came in at four today, but four happened to be pretty much opening, right? And he still, he looked all right, actually, didn't he? He hit a couple of good shots. Yeah, I mean, I, I said this in our, in our chat. That he, it was like he opened because he came in nine balls into the innings at four. <laughs> yeah. And he hit. He hit a lovely four back over back over the bowler's head. Hit a lovely, almost effortless pull shot, and then nicked one. And it was it was a good ball, but no, it wasn't. And it, he went so hard at it. It's a classic oh, Banton dismissal. It, it, it is, is a really classic. You know what I mean? Like he can't drive. Yeah, it's what I mean. Those those shots are some, one of the reasons he doesn't have a first class hundred. Yeah. Well. Is he going to feature more in this side, you reckon? Final point on KKR. I think it depends because Dre Russ was out today with a bit with that injury. Yeah. So if Dre Russ is injured, then I think so. But because I think they, you know, if they're going to play him, they've got to have a bit of faith in him. And especially if they, I mean, if they keep losing and then they're out, I don't think, I don't think they, I think they've got enough points to kind of be in it till the end, though. 
I was going to say, if there's dead rubbers at the end, then they might play him. But they're not they're not in a position to have a dead rubber either way. So Could be close. Well, I'd like to see more of him. He did look good today at points. Um, we'll see if they can fit him in his team. OK, let's move on to fifth place. I'm very excited to talk about this, boys. Kings eleven Punjab. We'd written that we wrote them off. We had wrote them off. And they won three of their games since we last spoke, beating the top three as it stood and still stands. Uh, Delhi, Mumbai and Royal Challengers Bangalore. What a week. I don't know what else to say. What a week. They won that stupid two um, Super Overs. Um, they chased down 177 versus RCB for the loss of just two, even though they made that slightly more awkward than they needed to. And then Puran versus the Capitals yesterday was unbelievable. Um, and this is all because of the return of the universe boss, right? Chris Gale's back in the team. This, this has to be it. To be fair to us, although we did write them off because they were bottom of the table and had very few points, we did also say they've played very well most of their games. Most of their defeats have been incredibly close, and on another day, they could be sitting in, in the top half. They did always have the two top-scoring batsmen by that point, so there were clearly positives a week ago. Um, and I'm, I'm quite pleased for them, actually, that they managed to turn that into results, um, in large part, clearly, as you said, thanks to uh, bringing them the best player in the world in Chris Gale. Um, so I think that they're a really interesting team in that if they can get themselves into that fourth spot with Kale Rahul, with Mayank at the top of the order, with Chris Gale coming in after that, with Mohamed Shami bowling as well as he bowled mm-hmm. in the last few games, they could suddenly turn it around. For yeah, me, well, this, is, this is where it came together. Sorry, Zeme. Um This is where it's come together. It's actually, weirdly enough, in the bowling and... They the bowling is now starting to look all right, which is doable when their batting is as good as it is. And we spoke about you can't break an opening partnership, and they didn't. And Chris Gale's worked at three. Um, Zach, what are your thoughts on quite a lot of talking points coming out of Kings Eleven this week? Well, it's it's all it's all in the narrative, isn't it? The Universe boss said it after his first game that he wants to put a bit of a bit of respect on the name, the Universe boss. <laughs> and so they're going to win the tournament because <laughs> it's going to. It's all part of the narrative. They bring him back. They don't lose another game. They're the form side going into the thing. They they will they because teams don't change when they're winning and when they need to win, teams don't change their eleven. So they they found their best eleven without having to really think about it. Also, Nicholas Puran, I mean, hits the ball harder than anyone else I think in world cricket and has found a bit of form. Glenn Maxwell still can't bat, but his bowling has actually been pretty economical. Correct. So that's awesome. And my favourite under-19 star, Ravi Bishnoi, still looks very good. And like you said, Mohamed Shami, you know, one of the best, what like probably the second best Indian bowler after Bumrah. Yep. That's a pretty good, so almost, I could go as far as to say, a pretty balanced side. Ooh. You definitely weren't using the B word in the early uh, IPL summaries you've done. Um, and yeah, it's almost like they were a good team, not quite getting the results. And now they've got the results and the bowling's caught up a little bit. Um, Chris Gale. Think, sorry, mate. I think, I think do they have a top class spinner is still the question in terms of the bowling for them. I don't think top uh, top class like you said, but I think Bishnoi is goodish and can be hot or cold. He's only young. And Maxwell can hold an end. They keep they keep using Maxwell. You mentioned this, Zach, actually, in the power play just for one, just to try and get away with an over somewhere. Um, I think the left-handed is pretty useful. It kind of cramps them up a little bit. Um, so yeah, maybe that is a good point. Will that going further into the tournament, they've not got the spinning, you know, prowess that Delhi and RCB have. Um, Chris Gale pointed to his sticker. It was upside down in his first 50. Universe boss. I like that. Um, and he looks all right at three, actually. The only issue is he can't run a single. Well, quickly. There's a single to the boundary, but there's no quick singles. Um, he's got to stay in the team, right? And I think he's playing with a bit of a chip on his shoulder, isn't he? Because he wasn't picked initially. Yeah, I think that the singles thing is is hilarious and potentially disastrous. I, I can't <laughs> remember exactly what the game was. I think it was the first game that he came back, back in for. Um, and they were chasing something like four off the last over and suddenly couldn't get a single and it all got yes. a bit... <laughs> yeah. And obviously the other big question mark is that he, he fundamentally can't field, um, which you can hide to some degree, but if you get a batsman in form who, who starts to chase him around the pitch and go after him, that can again be a problem when you get into those those closing games. 
He's got a fascinating yeah. way about batting, hasn't he, as well, that he will take his time, then hit a few sixes, and eventually his striker gets there, which is fine. I mean, he's my, I, I'd say he's probably my favourite batsman in the world to watch, because it, especially him coming in at three with that fantastic opening pair, because his whole thing is obviously he takes a bit of a while, he has the defensive shots that look really unnatural, but <laughs> pretty effective, and then he just suddenly flicks a switch... And just starts hitting six after six after six. And the power on some of his shots is brilliant. He is just so much fun to watch. And then his feet never move. So I think Bumra um, was bowling to him. Bowled a ball that went, you know, that far. And I know we're in, it's an audio medium, but my fingers are less than an inch <laughs> apart. Um, over the top of off. And then he, he has the ability just to see that out and then whack a spinner for six or even some of the pace bowlers for six. Um, he's been a great addition and it works at three. Um, he couldn't come in for the super over, obviously, because it was well the first one because there's no running between the wickets in on his side. Comes in for the second super over, whacks the first ball for six. That, that's, that's, all, that's all she wrote. Uh, Chris Jordan, shout out to him. He did get dropped um, for the next game against Delhi, but um, his super over, his bowling was fantastic. Um, he did have a bit of a moment with the bat where when they were trying to run two to win the match, he, he went from A to B via F and just did the weirdest run and he was out by two inches. So if he just run in a straight line, he'd have been in. And that was only the second time that Chris Jordan cost Kings Eleven a win um, after the first game where he plinked one to, to mid-wicket for no reason. Um, so yeah, all very cheery over at Kings Eleven. Um, I've asked this about the other teams their best 11 is is that there for them or are they still tinkering or like i think zach did you just say that maybe they've accidentally found their best 11 yeah i think they've accidentally found it i mean obviously you know i was it was a bit of a rush of blood to the head but i suppose because chris (laughs) jordan has been dropped since they've started winning but yeah i think with chris jordan in there that's then two i mean if chris jordan plays like chris jordan plays under owen morgan then they've got two fantastic death bowlers so yeah i think they've, they've more or less got it a little bit of tinkering and they'll they'll be there at the end well okay i was, I was going to ask you both they'll be there at the end that suggests a final appearance uh will top four and would you go as far as making it past that i'm not i'm not sure i'm not sure <laughs> yeah, that's a real I thing think they, i think they might just do i yeah they might just sneak the fourth based on KKR being terrible but yeah I'm not I'm not that's that's my one I'm not nailing on <laughs> that well, place I, I, feel I, like... I still think there's another team who will come come on to who should get it I feel like the Kings 11 narrative this year has been that they've been so terrible then they they resurge and beat the three best teams and then just they're going to struggle to beat the rest of them and I think they'll finish fifth or sixth you know as a fan as a true fan that I am um obviously i'm more excited this week than i was last okay let's move on um sixth place rajasthan royals will your team um I'll, I'll come to you in a second on how frustrated you are as you so eloquently put last week how horrible it is to watch rajasthan play um since we last spoke they won one against csk so uh and lost to rcb and delhi um what are your thoughts on their week you know how's it been how is it feeling as a fan they're sort of stuttering they're getting there butler looked good against csk but is it going to be enough at the end of the day yeah i think stuttering is the right word there there have been signs of life this week which has been nice um joss butler put in his first match winning performance um smith also i think got a 50 so there, there, there are bits there and stokes played pretty well albeit not exceptionally since he came in um with that being said it's the classic rajasthan thing to do to lose two games this week, which they probably should have won, definitely one of them, possibly both of them. And then just as you think, right, we've ruined that one, season's over, uh, they go and win to just about <laughs> mathematically keep playoff hopes alive. Um, not that I'm putting much hope or faith into them at all. Um, again, another brilliant week from Joffre Archer. Uh, we saw some phenomenal death bowling from him. Um, but it's just not quite coming together and it's there's not even a huge amount they can do because t- to preempt your inevitable question dan they pretty much know their best 11 yeah. <laughs> they're not playing like the best 11 um so it's a tricky one for for rajasthan 
that's spot on. That is their best eleven. It's not playing like that. The names that are in there that aren't quite clicking. Um, Stokes is an opener. Mm. Thoughts. He doesn't do it for England. He doesn't do it for his county if he's ever there. He doesn't do it that much across cricket um, in any form. Why are Rajasthan putting him there? And, you know, personal reasons aside, coming into this tournament late, probably other stuff in his mind. Let's acknowledge that, but talk about his cricket. Zach, is he an opener? Is there a better place for him in this team? Because they've now switched Butler to more of a finisher, which we agreed on in a few podcasts ago that he's not that he's an opener. Well, you say we agreed on that, but I, I think before the T20 series... We agree, We wanted him to be a finisher, and we. I think we kind of agreed that. Oh, I mean, yeah. like like with a lot of things, with a lot of things in this podcast, we've had to completely backtrack. <laughs> I think we did agree that he. What we wanted him as a finisher, just because of how many openers England have, and then he batted really well, and obviously I would is argue it's probably England's best uh, white ball batsman, which is it's no mean feat. So I think I Butler as an opener for me, is better. And Stokes, I maybe wouldn't even have him in England's best T20 side. On form at the moment, I know we're going to come on to the young the young whippersnapper Sam Curran. <laughs> on form, on form, I'd put Sam Curran in above him. I mean, because you, I mean, you look at his bowling. Yeah. You, look at, you look at Sam Curran's bowling, his bowling's better. On form at the moment, his batting's better as well. So... I, re- I really don't like Stokes at all. I think really interesting you know, I'd really love to know the last time he played for his county, Durham. I'd really love to know that. Yeah, that's, I just I said that, and then actually thinking about it, it, it could have been months, if not years, since he actually put on a Durham shirt. I mean, imagine him in a Durham T20 shirt. I can't even picture that. I can't. It's not happening. I'll Google it in a bit, and I'll try and get it for the end of the podcast. Um Stokes did bowl um, against Chennai, I think. Yes, he did. Three overs, none for 27. So, yeah, I'm, I'm there with you again that his bowling isn't quite there. We know how bad his death bowling can be. And um, his first ball against Sam Curran, who wasn't looking that great, went straight back over his head for six. He's sort of the big name they have to select at the minute. Well, as, as a Rajasthan fan, would you agree with that? Is he just in there because of the name? Yeah, and the difficulty is he, he came in as more or less a straight swap in the international um, quota for Tom Curran, who was doing yeah. a lot of the bowling towards the end, um, which obviously they're not quite wanting Stokes to do, um, partly because I don't think they, they think he's, he's fit enough to really bowl four overs and also focus on the batting. Um, I think it was partly because he's a big name and partly because they were pretty desperate and needed to change something up with the batting. Um, the interesting... I mean, the order is is shambolic to be honest with you because they've played about <laughs> at least five possibly six different batsmen have opened this season for Rajdan. so while they pretty much know their best 11 in terms of personnel they've got no idea what order to pick them in <laughs> and, and somebody does need to clearly come in later down the order and focus on that being their job I think my preferred candidate for that role would be Joss Butler um, for all the reasons that that you've spoken about um, but they're clearly not quite happy picking one and sticking to it um Stokes opening yeah I can see it working I mean he he played okay when he did um albeit not a phenomenal score um I think that they just need a plan and to focus on on who's going to do what because at the moment as I say both of the games um RCB and Delhi they probably should have won the Delhi one this is why that you need something like Butler in coming in later because they actually started pretty well that game and they should have won it um but then they just couldn't chase. I think they needed something like 37 runs off the last four overs. And then we're still chasing 22 runs by the last over. So they just, it all just <laughs> fell apart. Suddenly they couldn't buy a run. Um, so they, they clearly need somebody filling that role that, that um, okay, Karen Pollard does at his best, that that sort of position, um, which ideally would be a butler. Um, but as you say, to do that, they really need Smith, Samson, Utapa, arguably firing as the top three. And then being able to bring in a Stokes at four and a Butler at, at five or six. That would be the ideal. Yeah, I like the idea of opening with Smith and Utapa, maybe. I think Smith, if you can put Stokes further down the order, I think that might be better. I, I feel like he doesn't quite know his role at the top just because he doesn't do it. He did that thing where he, he came down the wicket and chopped on, which he's done for England quite a few times. Or he comes down the wicket 
and nicks off. He did that a lot in the test matches, which annoyed me. So I don't know why I've singled out Stokes um, this summary, but he's just, I don't see where he fits in and what he's doing in a team, like you said, Will, that is just so jumbled up at the minute, doesn't quite know what it's doing. Um, two bright sparks with the ball, Gopal and Tawatia look really good. Um, both one for like one for 14 and one for 18, I think, against CSK. Um, against and we'll come on to their awful batting lineup, but that's something to enjoy at least, right? Yeah, I mean, Tuati has been been a highlight all season. Um, I think he's slightly a victim of his own success in that he had a couple of phenomenal performances, and suddenly the the selectors have decided that if they're chasing runs and, and need somebody <laughs> to come in and, and do the big hits, that Tuati, of course, will do it. Um, and that's probably unfair to him to expect that level of performance because he's not that player. Um, Gopal is, is is another bright spark that I think probably shouldn't worry a huge amount about this season because he's he's clearly a very talented young Indian player and, and one for the future. Um, but it'd be great to see uh, him continue some some form into the last few games. Uh, Rajasthan, sixth at the minute. Um, we'll, we'll come on to our top four at the end, but Will, have you got much hope? Just briefly. I, I, I now have hope, having written the season off um, after the, the RCB game there is it's mathematically doable and nobody else has has really staked the game to the fourth spot with kkr still sitting there are they better than kkr probably yes i'd have them them better and their losses have brought them back into it so again like kings 11 and fifth rajasthan are on sixth with eight points just two off those playoff spots so it really is up for grabs it is very exciting uh let's quickly move on uh seventh place i'm really indifferent about this team i really don't care about them that much um sunrise is hyderabad um since we last spoke, they haven't won a game. They lost two games against KKR and CSK. They've got a game in hand on the rest of the league. They're playing Mumbai tomorrow, um, Thursday. Um, and I'm just a bit indifferent. I don't know about you guys, Zach. If you've got anything to say about this team, they lost in that silly Super Bowl, which they should have won. Um, Williamson opened because of a hamstring injury and would look pretty good, actually. Um, I'm just really indifferent about this team. That's all I've got to say. Yeah, I'm also quite indifferent. I thought Williamson opening was really fun just because it it just wasn't Kane Williamson at all. <laughs> because you think of, like we've spoken about Chris Gale not doing singles. And I mean, there's other players who don't who do not do quick singles. And Kane Williamson is just not that player at all. In T20 cricket, you expect if Kane Williamson is going to do well, it's all in the in the twos. It's all in the the placing the ball really nicely, the quick singles, keeping it going. It's something that that Warner and Bairstow as an opening pair have been so good at. And it almost looked like Bairstow looked. Re- I mean, he I feel like he always looks like he's re- like really under pressure because he's because he's about to get bowled. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he does. Uh, so. I, I thought at first it really looked like Bairstow felt the pressure of not being able to, because him and Warner just, just run those twos and they run those quick singles when it really doesn't look like there's going to be a single and they make it look so comfortable just because that wasn't going to happen. But actually, you know, Williamson looked good and maybe, maybe now they can, because Williamson's going to be injured, they can bring in Nabby or Hold, Holder, who, who was who was interviewed and I'd completely forgotten that Holder was actually there. Wait, Jason all. Holder off of the West Indies. Jason Holder was <laughs> oh, interviewed. Right, he's out there. That's fantastic. <laughs> I'd completely forgotten. It was really nice seeing him interviewed and he said they asked him like, "What have you been doing? Like, what's it like?" And they kind of they I I like the, these interviews they do during the game. They kind of don't really hold back on the questions. They basically asked him like, "How do you feel about not playing?" Like. Like they don't know the answer to that question. Yeah. Like, like, they're, like they're expecting him to say, yeah, I really enjoy just sitting and watching. <laughs> That's so crazy. He's out there. I didn't know that. I mean, last week we implored Trevor Bayliss, who is a, an avid listener of Cow Corner, to bring Nabby in. He didn't. So should we push for Holder? Um, I'll be honest. And I'll come to you, Will, on this. Again, my indifference to this team. This bowling attack doesn't, bar Rashi Khan, obviously, this bowling attack doesn't fill me with joy or excitement. Um, do you have much to say about Sunrisers? Well, as we know, nothing dies on the internet. So um, I have to own up to uh, my, my prediction that they might oh, win yeah. last week. <laughs> I'm um, just sorry. I've just gone in on how indifferent I am, how boring this team is. What did you say last week again? Go on, Will. I said they were going to win the IPL, Dan. <laughs> 
Oh, go on, defend yourself, or just oh, apologize. No, I won't. I won't, I won't matter defense. Oh well, maybe I will. They've got one game go on. in hand, and in, interestingly, <laughs> they've got a game in hand. Wait, wait, wait for it. I'll make. I'll make an argument. It, we've almost got a little pre-quarterfinal tournament here, right? Because okay. Sunrise's next two games are KKR and Rajasthan. Yeah. So if they can win those two games and win the game in hand that they've got on all the other teams, which will put them level on points, then they have pretty much got themselves in a good position to secure that fourth spot. Well, I, I've always thought they'll 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 sneak their way into the playoffs, and once they're there on their day, and I still think this, they can beat anyone. Okay. Because as much as you're right, there's not much depth in the bowling options. We've seen Bearstone and Warner carry entire innings by themselves in previous IPLs and, and less so this season, but they've still got it in them. Plus Kane Williamson coming in at three, which is probably the the best three ta- we've got in the whole competition, you could say. And you've got Rashid Khan, arguably the best wicket-taking bowler in the IPL. There's enough there that they could be a bit chaotic. At the same time, I'll hold my hand. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You're defending yourself quite admirably there, in my opinion. And you've put the case forward. And they, like I said, every team is still in it for that last spot. And then it is just knockout cricket at that point. Um, you know what? I'm not as, I think it was less, it's less embarrassing than I thought it was, Will. Now we're sat here, now you defended yourself. Do you Thank think the you. same, Zach? Or should Will be embarrassed of what he said last week? No, I mean, he's almost completely persuaded me. Genuinely. Then I've had another look at, I've had another look at the table. Yeah, and realised they're on six. I thought they were on eight. And then he said mathematically, because 14 points, I think, historically gets you into the playoffs. That's kind of okay. like the, the 40 to survive in the Premier League kind of mark, 14 mm-hmm. points is. But that means they need to win. They need to win four of their last five. So if they win those three games, that will. So 12, 12 could do it this year because well, it just depends on. I mean, they are they're waiting on other teams really. They need KKR to continue being rubbish. Well, I suppose they could beat KKR easily. I think anyone can beat KKR right now. Even the team we haven't mentioned yet could beat KKR at the moment. So maybe, maybe there's an outside chance. If they can win tomorrow, that game in hand they've got on the league at the minute, if they can beat Mumbai tomorrow, Thursday, um, that that will really... Cat amongst pigeons comes comes to mind there. It could be carnage. Um, and you know what, Will? Well done. You defended yourself really well there. I think you've, you've avoided a hammer Thank in you. there, so well done. Um, let's move on from some risers because they bore me. Um, this is an exciting team. They might be rock bottom of the IPL. Well, not rock, but their bottom... Uh, CSK, um, since you last spoke, um, they've won one game, they beat Sunrisers, and they've lost to Rajasthan and Delhi. Um, since you spoke, they moved Curran to the top of the order, opening with Sam Curran. Come on, Zach, you alluded to this when we were chatting about Ben Stokes. It's worked once so far out of three. Um, I like it myself. I think it's pretty cool. What do you reckon? Yeah, I really like it because they'd kind of... They, I mean, they've sold Sam Curran to me this tournament as a as a T20 star for England for the next 20 years. So I think Sam Curran, I mean, he's really good, isn't he? He's quite good. He's he's good at bowling and and he's good at batting. I know that's that's the definition of an all rounder. So, <laughs> Super yeah, great I catch mean, as well at point. Did you see that? It came yeah. straight at him so quick. Yeah, and like I said on form, I'd I'd put him in above. I'm it, it, if we're talking about England now, I wouldn't open with him because we've got too many openers already. We didn't need another <laughs> one. But I, I could see him batting at five for England, maybe. Yeah. But yeah, sorry, back to the IPL. <laughs> I, I like him up top. I think it's really interesting because they'd kind of been batting him wherever they needed a bit of an injection of an almost an injection of pace, as you'd say in football. They'd kind of put him up there just to try and like, and they, it was almost like Donny told him hit the ball as far as you can. If you get out in five balls, don't worry. And it, it kind of seemed to be working at the start and now they've put them up the order. I do think this this CSK team would make a really good ODI team. They're not a very good T20 side. Ooh. They'd make a really good ODI side because they just don't really lose many wickets. And they see, they well, they limped along to 120 and were only five down at the end of it. Yeah, that was my next point. And the idea of a 50 over IPL scares me for how long that would last. So let's let's, let's table that immediately. Um, but I was going to ask you this, Will. 125 for five off their 20 against uh, Rajasthan. Dhoni 28 off 28. Again, they were there was a little collapse in, in the upper middle order. Can we quite put our finger what's going on there? Him and Jadeja and the whole vibe around this team. And interestingly, all the three games they've played, they 
um, they didn't chase this time. They batted first, and it still didn't work. So something's clearly wrong. Something's clearly wrong. What do you reckon? They're just not very good. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> some some things are not complicated. Um, no, we we said last week that they just hadn't brought in any new or particularly exciting talent uh, in the last few years. They were still relying on Donny to do things that he simply can't do anymore. Um, the Raj Dunn game was a, a typical example of that because, as you say, he came in at a time where they weren't chasing a particularly big score. They needed him to just put in a decent performance, and he ambled along at a runner ball. Um, so, again, I'm pleased that Jadeja just had a good week. I, I say good. I mean, he's, he hasn't had a disastrous week, but we quite understand this. I mean, he's got around 30 about three times, which is not horrible by his standards this season. But that's emblematic, really, of a team where if you're expecting anything, and I, and I say this having watched India for the last few years and pinned hopes on this man, if you're if you're relying on something from Ravi Jadeja to win, you're not a good cricket team. I think that's perfectly summed up. Nice and easy on CSK, that. They did make a change this week. Hazelwood in for Bravo, which just seemed to make no sense to me because Hazelwood offers nothing with the bat. He's not a good death bowler because he just pops on a length. He's not got a Yorker in him. And Bravo had traditionally been their death bowler. So, Zach, what do you reckon to that change? Is that just a, a confused bad team just trying everything they can? Uh, I think it's actually DJ Bravo got an injury. I think that ah, was what okay. happened. Yeah. Because DJ, he'd been really good for them because he, you know, weird swap. Yeah, it would have been a really weird swap. We can't. We said we kind of wanted to see Hazelwood just because we wanted to see Hazelwood get pumped around Charger. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't. We didn't, we didn't, he didn't. He didn't bowl horribly in the end. I think he had a decent. No, he was all right. He was all right. That could be a good episode name, by the way. Um, Hazelwood pumped around Charger, something like that. We'll work on it. I, I think. I think. <laughs> I think for Zach's uh, prediction's sake, and I re- again, I respect the boldness here, I think that the title has to be Curran's better than Stokes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, please. And then he has to come back and defend that next week when Stokes gets 100. Inevitably. Inevitably, Stoke, Stokes gets 300s in three games and, Raj- and Rajasthan are on course for the semi-finals. <laughs> so it's inevitable now. I've, I, maybe maybe I have done this intentionally as a bit of a, come uh, on, Ben Stokes. Because we, we've, I mean, we know now that everything we say on this podcast will immediately be, by, by the time Glenn's done all of his editing, it will immediately be wrong. <laughs> How wrong are we going to be this week? Because, you know, we have been on every week of the IPL so far. Um, and that brings me nicely onto our top four predictions for when we will chat next. Um, mine's written down here, and I'm going to go first this week because I went last last week. Um, I'm saying, in particular order, uh, RCB, Delhi, Mumbai, Rajasthan. Um, I'm not backing Kings Eleven for the point I made that their narrative suggests they're going to not be able to beat the rubbish teams after beating the top three this week. And then KKR are frauds, or not frauds because they were never that good. So by process of elimination, I put Rajasthan in there. And it was between them and Sunrisers, but because Will's here. Uh, and I would, for Zach's sake, so we can bully you next episode, Rajasthan to do well on the on the back of Stokes. Uh, so I my top four in, in particular order is Delhi, Mumbai, RCB and Kings Eleven. I really am backing Ooh. this Kings Eleven mm. narrative. That they've what now the universe boss is here. The universe boss has arrived, and they're they're gonna they're gonna go far. I think the the, the top three we're all gonna agree on is is those three teams. It's the fourth place one that's the most interesting one, and also the positioning yeah. because of how important it is to get into those top two to just play well one less game and have two chances to get into the final. It's a, it's a lot more interesting this week choosing a top four. I, I just rattled it off last week. Um, and felt pretty confident, but it's it's changed around quite a lot. Um, I think I'm going to go one Mumbai, two Delhi, three RCB. Although to be honest, I was going to put RCB first until Dan said it, so I'm just being interested. <laughs> um, and I think I'll back Kings eleven for four. Ooh, okay. So we all agree on those, those top three. It'll be really interesting to see if any of those top three who we've all put in will mm. fall out. It's very, very unlikely the way the league looks at the minute, but that would be fascinating. And then our top four, two Kings 11s after we wrote them off last week. Fantastic. And I, as the actual, the only fan, have gone for Rajasthan. So 
I'll that down there. That'll be there for when we're next on. Um, and let's see how horribly wrong we get it. But surely those top three aren't going to fall out of the top three. And they can jostle around as whatever position they want. We can't be that bad, guys, right? We can't be that wrong. That would have to be a, a real disaster for one of them. We'll stop the podcast then. That, that could be the end. Maybe this is unlucky episode 13. And this is just, we've cursed. We've cursed all of our predictions. Um, right, so that, that's the summary for this week. Um, we'll be back with an episode... Tuesday the 3rd of November, which will be just as the group stages comes to its climax. Um, we'll see if our predictions are right, our top four predictions are right, and we'll come with our teams of the season. Ooh, teams of the season. That has to be with the correct amount of overseas and Indian players, etc., etc. And we'll have a good old debate about that. Um, so, yeah, that's this week. Thank you so much for listening. Um, Zach, thank you so much for joining me again. Thank you very much. I've really enjoyed, you know, debating and being wrong again about the IPL. Well, we'll see if you have to defend yourself like Will did this week. Well done on your defence this week, mate. Um, and thanks for joining us again. Thank you very much. And yeah, will, will Stokes do it this week? Let's hope so for Zach's sake so he can defend himself on the next podcast. Um, thank you so much for listening. This has been Cal Corner and we'll see you next time. know how to book flights and hotels all you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive that's why you need viator book guided tours excursions and more in one place there are over 300 travel experiences to choose from so you can find something for everyone and viator offers free cancellation and 24 7 customer support for worry free travel download the viator app now and use code viator 10 for 10 percent off your first booking in the app find travel experiences for you do more with viator for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.